Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 93 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Randall Hunt. Randall is a senior technical evangelist and software engineer at Amazon Web Services. Randall spends most of his time building demos and writing about new services and launches on the AWS News blog. Python is Randall's favorite programming language, but he can sometimes be found in the dark realm of C++. Prior to working at AWS, Randall launched rockets at NASA and SpaceX, but he found his programming passion at MongoDB. So Randall, can I ask you to expand on that introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Hello. So I started out studying physics at Western Carolina University and doing a smattering of computer science there as well. And I did my first kind of internship at NASA Langley, which is in Virginia. And I found out while I was there that physicists don't get paid anything and software engineers make a lot of money and they also do less work. So I said, this is the career for me. And I changed my title on LinkedIn from, from physicist to software engineer. And immediately I started getting thousands of, you know, recruiter spam emails. Yes. <laughs> so how long have you been doing, uh, or when did you move away from the sort of physics side of things into software engineering? I probably, I've been doing software and programming on the side to support everything else since I was probably 12 or 13, but I didn't start focusing on it as a career until probably 2010. Okay, uh, Randall, can you perhaps share a unique career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience, one they might not know perhaps should? Well, if you're working for startups, you frequently get these 90-day expiration windows for your options, and you can almost always strike that out of the contract. Yes. So that's a a unique career tip that I wish I'd known uh, when I first started working for startups. Right. Okay. It was a particular example of that then. I don't know if I'm allowed to discuss it, but yes, I definitely (laughs) left a lot of money on the table at one of the first two startups that I did. And it was because I had no idea how to do contracts. Right. Okay. So it's a lesson learned from that experience then. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, Randall, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? There's been a number of occasions where we've had outages and and systems have gone down and things like that. And I try to treat them as learning experiences as opposed to treating them as, you know, this was a mistake and I regret it. I think one of the most frustrating experiences that I had was at SpaceX where we were dealing with an outage and I was quite certain that I knew what the cause of the outage was and how to fix it. And I just had to convince the other key stakeholders to really fix that outage. And to essentially, we we had a, a system that did continuous integration and continuous deployment of the rocket hardware and rocket software. Yep. And we had an outage in the system that does all these automated checks. And the, 
discussion was whether or not we could do these checks by hand with engineers uh, and with the scientists available, or if we should let the automated checks run prior to launch. And maybe 24 hours out from launch, we were all still sitting in a conference room trying to figure out what our options were. And the people who were working on the system knew what the error was and they knew what would fix it. But the stakeholders, you know, the, the people responsible for the business, they weren't as familiar with the system. And so it, it was just really frustrating to try and convince people who weren't working in the system every day to trust us to fix the system. So that kind of taught me that the, the key things that you need to do in your career to be successful, at least from what I've learned so far, are to earn the trust of your stakeholders and to be right a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yes. I mean, earning trust, definitely, that, that's a, a very important thing to be able to do because building that trust obviously gives you the ability probably to be more to be more in control of what you do yourself. I suppose that's, that's the, main, the main thing about trust. The other thing that I learned from this was that your communication style matters a lot too. So I think a lot of people go into software or, or kind of science-oriented careers thinking that communication is a secondary aspect or people will study mathematics and think that communication is a secondary aspect. But the only reason we write code is to communicate. You know, if we weren't trying to communicate what the code was doing, we would just write it in in assembly or binary, right? Yeah. So taking that communication paradigm and expanding it to your personal and interpersonal communications is something that I've always struggled with and I'm trying to get better at it. But definitely part of earning trust is making sure your communication style is supportive and positive as opposed to being a jerk. Yeah. I think the other the other important thing about communication is making sure that you tailor it for the person who's receiving it. So yes, your 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 stakeholder may have a a different need in terms of the way you communicate them to maybe somebody you're working with on a day to day basis. That's kind of like the uh, Dale Carnegie "How to Win Friends and Influence People" approach, where you identify their motives and what's driving them, and then you present your goals alongside their motives. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Definitely something I never thought I would need to know to be a successful software engineer. <laughs> but it, it turns out it's it's pretty vital. It is, absolutely. Okay, so moving away from your worst IT career moment, can you maybe tell us about your maybe career highlights or greatest success? Well, I kind of portioned my life in two different ways. There was the time before humanity landed a orbital rocket back on the ground. And the time after humanity landed an orbital rocket back on the ground. So working at SpaceX, I got the chance to be there for our very first landing. And I got to work on a lot of the code and the stuff around that. So it was extremely, extremely exciting and and fun. Honestly, one of my favorite things every year, and it it, it is the same every year, you know, each year one-ups the next year. We have this conference called AWS reInvent. And I've been going as either a customer or an employee since I think 2012. And every year it just ends up being better and better and better. As an employee, I will say it's a lot more stressful, but you always meet all these really cool customers and you you get to see the technology that you work on day to day being used to do everything from treat cancer to build electric scooters, you know? 
it's just this whole huge range of really interesting, cool things that are happening and you get to see it all at reInvent. So I really like that. Yeah. That's my shameless AWS reInvent plug. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? I think there's going to be a lot more work in AI. I, I think everyone kind of agrees with that at this point. I've been saying it probably since 2015 that AI was going to play a much bigger role in not just how we think about our careers and how we build software, but literally in how we code day to day. I mean, I'm sure people have seen IntelliSense in their IDEs where you can type in and it'll do the syntax completion. We're not far really from a world where you might be able to say, hey, computer, build me a simulation of this with these parameters and run it. And you would just have the computer kind of intuit the program and any of the defaults and variables from what you're asking it to do. And I I think what you'll find is there will be people who are kind of extremely savvy business folks who will end up learning just the, the minimum amount of programming necessary to be able to interact with systems like this, yeah. where you just say what you want the program to do, and then you go in and modify some little portion of it. Yeah. So you see the future very much in that direction. I think so. And I think the the number of people who are going to be writing mundane web apps might diminish as the tooling and systems around that gets much easier. And instead, people will be free to focus on kind of more exciting, differentiated stuff. And I think that's what everyone is trying to do with all these software as a service kind of deals is they're trying to say, hey, let us worry about the boring, undifferentiated heavy lifting and you go and focus on the stuff that differentiates your business. Yes. And I think we're going to see more of that. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and, and your your views around IT. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Brutally honest, it was the money. <laughs> Brutally honest, it was the money. We hired this intern that was making like nine grand a month, and I, I was just totally amazed that that was possible. And I was like, okay, I got to get in on this. Yes. <laughs> what is the best career advice you've ever received? Think about where you want to be in five years and work backwards. Yeah. Now, that's, that's good Good advice in terms of understanding what the decisions you need to make now are to enable you to get to where you want to be in five years' time. Exactly. So don't, don't focus on short-term gains. You know, use long-term thinking. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I think I would get involved in AI and artificial intelligence right away. And I'd probably study it a lot more, both academically and kind of pragmatically. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? I'd really like to focus more on live coding and live streaming on Twitch. So a number of people have told me that they find it useful and engaging. I think that's something that I want to make. One of my focuses is trying to take the programming expertise, limited though it may be, that I've accumulated and make it more accessible for others. So I also want to focus on scaling my current outreach and and speaking opportunities. So I want to record more of my talks and make sure they're more accessible and more interactive instead of this kind of dull lecturing scenario. I I prefer something that the audience could interact with. That's a great idea, yes. 
And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I think having some business savvy and knowing how startups work, how convertible notes work and, and all of this sort of stuff that doesn't really matter in your day-to-day programming, but understanding who are the business stakeholders and what are they trying to get and how are they trying to get that stuff done and what are the resources that are available to get that stuff done, reading profit and loss statements and being able to go through and, and kind of have a little bit of business savvy in the decisions that you undertake. Uh, I think that's probably the the best non-technical skill that I've acquired. Randall, can you maybe share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Ignore that 90-day exercise window in any startup contract you sign. Yes. <laughs> yes. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Sure. I'm all over Twitter. I basically spend all day reading tweets instead of programming because I'm, I'm super lazy uh-huh. and it's, it's very addictive when you have, you know, all the likes coming in. So Twitter is great. My DMs are open. You're more than welcome to reach out to me. If you have any questions about AWS or, or how you can build stuff on AWS, my email, I'm happy to share that. It's, it's open. It's Rand Hunt, R-A-N-D-H-U-N-T at amazon.com. And I'd love to hear from all of you. Randall, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Bye. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.